us continue our worship in the Word, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. We'll be looking at Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Since it's only one verse, why don't we um, recite together in one voice? Together. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, may the Lord bless and shine His face upon you. As we are moving onward, our theme for 2020 is to experience maximum maturity in our spirituality, meaning we must grow in our spirits, becoming more like Jesus Christ. Because Christian life is about making a progress in our faith by seeking spiritual things, heavenly things, and godly things. And as we learned what it means to become more like Christ, we, start, we started a series called Blessed to delve into Christ-like characters. And the Sermon on the Mount is a perfect picture of what Christians must be like in their attitude, character, and life. As blessed people of God, be like this. That is what Beatitudes is all about. Today, we begin with the very first Beatitude, the blessed are the poor in spirit. And in order for us to strive to maximum maturity in our spirituality, becoming more like Christ, first, we must be poor in spirit, Jesus said. As, the matter, as a matter of fact, the poor in spirit is more than the mere fundamental attitude of ones who want to grow spiritually, becoming more like Christ Jesus. Being poor in spirit is the fundamental characteristics of true believers. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poverty of spirit is the prerequisite of receiving the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is saying. More specifically, for us believers, it is a prerequisite attitude of maturing in our spirituality, becoming more like Christ. Meaning, without having the poverty of spirit, you and I will never become more like Jesus Christ. It is a prerequisite attitude of those who are becoming more like Jesus. That's how important this beatitude is all about. Then what does it mean by being poor in spirit? First, let me explain what it means not. There are those who tell us that it should read, blessed in spirit, blessed, are, uh, blessed in spirit are the poor. If you look at Luke chapter 6, 20, actually it reads, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And historically, so many would regard this as a commendation of poverty. But surely that must, not, that must be entirely wrong. The Bible nowhere teaches that the poverty as such is a good thing. 
Poverty as such is a good thing, never in the Bible. The poor man is no nearer to the kingdom of God than the rich man. There is no merit or advantage in being poor. Meaning physical poverty does not guarantee spirituality. I know that some people believe and say that the Christians should be financially, materially poor. And this idea actually was popularized by St. Francis, Francis of Assisi. And some churches regard him and his type as those who alone conform to the statement of this poor in spirit. Again, according to the scripture, the poverty is not a sign of blessing in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, or vice versa. And I believe that we should not live in poverty as believers or in luxury as well. And this does not, I'm not saying that we all Christians must be rich physically or financially. That's not what I'm saying. We should not live in poverty nor luxury. Actually, I believe all Christians should live like this, enjoying what God has given us. Whatever that God has given us now, we should be in content, thanking Him, living out as we enjoy our lives that has been freed by God's grace and mercy. Also, this wrong concept of poverty influenced even in understanding the evangelism or missions. Many people believe that the gospel is thriving in the third world countries because the people are poor economically and uneducated academically. Some people would say that. Some level, this view has a point, I believe, but this can lead to a serious problem on the concept of poverty, like being poor generally has some advantage or gospel message is more effective on the uneducated. That is not true. Again, the gospel is a power of God unto salvation for those who believe, poor or rich, educated or uneducated. The gospel is so powerful, it can change people for those who receive by faith. If you believe, they say amen. Gospel is the power of God. The gospel has so powerfully been changing people over the history from simple minds to sophisticated minds. We must first get this right. This verse is not talking about the poverty of our physical world. This is talking about poverty of spirit. Let's get that, that thing very clear before we go on. Now, then what does it mean by poor in spirit? We have to be clear. Our Lord is concerned about here is the spirit. The emphasis is actually the spirit. Not the poor, but the spirit. The, it is the poverty of the spirit. In other words, it is the matter of heart and attitude. It's about spirituality, not physicality. It's not about the appearance, it's about the heart. It's about spirituality, not finance. Now then, what does it mean by poverty of spirit? being poor in spirit. This can be explained by two things. First, humility. Everyone say humility. 
Second, hunger. Hunger. Now let's focus on humility. What is humility? I believe we can go into this and we can even discuss on this definition of humility, but it is simply about knowing who you are. That's what humility is. Knowing who you are, knowing your limits, knowing your, your strength, your weakness, just knowing who you are, that is actually humility. In order for us to clearly and rightly understand who we are, we must view ourselves in the light of the presence of God. Who are we? Go to God, and in light of Him, let us figure out. We cannot, the right, we cannot get the right assessment of ourselves if we look at men confronting one another. We must go before the Maker for the right assessment. Who are we before God? What does Bible teach us about us? We are utter sinners before this perfect, almighty, and holy God. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In him called Jesus, lover of my soul, by Charles Wesley, it reads, Just and holy is thy name. I am all unrighteousness. Vile, full of sin, I am. Thou art full of truth and grace. You might say, Pastor, it's too depressing. It's too much on emphasizing on the topic of sin. In some churches today, in this country and also globally, they refuse to talk about or emphasize on sin in the church, on the pulpit, in sermons. No way. I'm not trying to depress or accuse or criticize anyone here. I'm simply addressing the problem of sin in our lives Oh, it is not well received nowadays. As a matter of fact, many churches today again fail to address this. But we must remember this, my brothers and sisters. Before the conversion of the heart, there must be conviction of the heart. There is an essential part of the gospel. This is the essential part of the gospel understanding who we are as sinners. We must go first be convicted of our sin so that God can convert us to be his people. We are all in need of God's grace. In the presence of God, we must feel the utter poverty of spirit. That is the right assessment, and that is what Jesus is talking about. In the presence of God, before Almighty God, we must understand and acknowledge the utter poverty of our own spirit. There is no righteousness in me. There is no righteousness in me. That is the beginning of the gospel. However, the world teaches us the way of pride. The world promotes and emphasizes on its 
belief in self-reliance, self-righteousness, self-confidence, and self-expression. Look around us. Listen to the system of this world. Express yourself. It is your world, after all. Believe in yourself. You are your own master. Maybe that's kind of hard, the, the, the more vivid expression, but you can do all things. It sounds good, but it is not the right assessment. Again, you missed God in your assessment. Simply, you don't know who you are before God. Before God, I don't care how good you are in your actions and behaviors. I don't care how smart you are in your education. I don't care how strong you are physically or mentally. Before God, we are just simple human beings. Also, we are simple sinners. Acknowledging God, realizing oneself before God is true humility. It's not acting like, oh, I cannot do anything. That's not humility. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls it false humility. The true humility is about realizing oneself, acknowledging God before his presence. That is humility. And I believe his true humility leads us to the poverty of spirit, being poor in spirit, a sense of powerlessness in ourselves, a sense of spiritual bankruptcy and helplessness before God. A sense of personal unworthiness before God. That is what he means by being poor in spirit. Knowing that, acknowledging that, omitting that. I am in need of God's grace. I'm in need of God's forgiveness. I'm in need of God's provision. I'm in need of God's power. I'm in need of his presence. I'm in need apart from him. I can do nothing. And that is about being poor in spirit. The reason that I said that it is a sense of powerlessness and, and a sense of the bankruptcy, a sense of uncleansedness, a sense of unworthiness is that objectively speaking, everybody is poor in spirit. Everyone in this world. Everyone is poor in spirit. Whether they, they, whether they sense it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not, is powerless without God and bankrupt and helpless and unclean, unworthy before God. But not everybody's blessed. Everybody is, in a way, in the poverty of spirit. But not everybody's blessed. If you sense the poverty of spirit, if you acknowledge that state of poverty of spirit, if you know you are blessed, Jesus said. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Meaning blessed are those who understand, those who acknowledge, those who admit, those who know their own poverty of spirit. They are blessed. Theirs is the kingdom of God. However, this does not mean that you should be depressed, 
defiant or retiring or weak or lacking in courage. No. Poor in spirit is, again, simply realizing oneself before God that you are in need of God's grace. You are nothing without God. That is humility. And this leads us to the second point. The poverty of spirit is not just the humility, understanding this, also having hunger. Hunger. What I mean by what I mean here is this: as we realize our need of God and His grace, what do you do? We draw near to God. We acknowledge, not only acknowledge Him, we run to Him. We seek Him. We depend on him. We believe that God is the only one who can save us from the captivity of sin and complexity of the sinful nature. He's the only one who can do it, who can save us from the capacity of sin, uh, captivity of sin, and also complexity of sinful nature. And this spiritual hunger leads us to believe, to have faith in God, to experience the powerful transformation that God brings. So from powerlessness in ourselves to power in Christ. From spiritual bankruptcy in ourselves to spiritual blessings in Christ. From personal unworthiness to a new identity in Christ. That is what Christ brings to us. Knowing that he is the one who can bring this powerful transformation from powerlessness to power, from spiritual bankruptcy to, to spiritual blessing, from personal unworthiness to new identity in Christ. We bless are those who are poor in spirit and desiring and hunger for Christ. Later on, we will get into this point a little bit deeper when we go to the beatitude of Blessed are those who are hunger for righteousness. They shall be filled. But being poor in spirit is about knowing who we are before God, that we are spiritually bankrupt. Thus, we go passionately seeking God, depending on God, trusting God and believing God that He is the only one who can save us. He's the only one who can rescue us. He's the only one who can provide us. He's the only one who can do it for us. And Jesus says, those who acknowledge that, those who are in that state of sensing the poverty of the Spirit that leads to hunger for God, they are blessed. Amen. He says, kingdom of God is yours. You know what that means? Yours is the kingdom of God. It means the presence of God is yours. Meaning, God is saying, I will be with you. I don't know about you. If God is with us, who can be against us? If God is with us, if we don't have that much money, who cares? If God is with us, 
if we are in need of something, should we worry about those things? No, who cares? God is with us. He's with you. He's more than enough for us. Yours is the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. Powerful truth, isn't it? And those who understand, they are the poor in spirit who are blessed. It is my prayer, all of us, we will be poor in spirit. every time we come before the presence of God as a church this is exactly what we are doing isn't it because we are poor in spirit because we are acknowledging that we are nothing without God we are, can't really do anything without God we are still sinner we struggle with sin of the flesh and we have a problems in our lives issues that we cannot resolve We've been waiting for a long time, but it does not, that's not going anywhere. It seems we are stuck. But understanding God is with us, and without him, we cannot do anything. And knowing that, acknowledging that, sensing that, you draw near to God in utter dependence and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, have mercy. Lord, please help. Lord, please lead me, guide me. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. As you enter into the presence of God as a church today, in your own daily life, this is what you need to have, the poverty of spirit, being poor in spirit, and seeking God with utter dependence, and those who believe and trust in him, God said, he will reward those who earnestly seek him by faith. And he will reward us with his presence. And his presence brings what? Everything that we need. Provision, power, everything that we can think of. Amen? It is my prayer. Let us be poor in spirit. And that's the first step of becoming like Christ. And when we do offer before God's presence, offer our presence before him, he's the one who is changing us. He's the one who is making us to become more like Christ. He's the one who is going to lead us. He's the one, he's the one who is going to do within us experiencing that that is Christian life experiencing that is joy of our salvation experiencing that is the process of sanctification experiencing that is our final destination amen let us pray.